Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every day here on the I Work For Him Show, it's our desire to challenge the way you think about your faith at work. Because some of you, you may be frustrated with your job. Some of you may be just going, why am I even here? Am I even making a difference? Absolutely, you're making a difference each and every day. You bring hope to your workplace where people have no hope. Don't pull your hair out. Remember that Jesus has you right where you are every day. Today, We're taking a shift. We're going to, you know, I bring up the book Halftime all the time, all the time. It's my favorite book outside of the scriptures because it made a huge, mongous impact on my life. That's right. Spell it. I have no idea how to spell that, but it made a huge impact in my life. My friend Bob Cater gave that to me in January of 2004. My life's never been the same because it shifted my paradigm from looking at work as just a place I can go experience success and then go home to church and then volunteer to a li- where I can look at my workplace out of significance, that everything that I do is for the glory of the Lord. So I'd like to welcome Jeff Spadafora, Director of Global Coaching Services and Product Development for Halftime Institute. Jeff, welcome to the I Work For Him program. Thanks. Thank you for having me, Jim. After that intro, you know, sometimes people just hang up. They're like, I'm not being on that show. <laughs> you know, I, I got a verse for you, and it comes from Proverbs one five. It says, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. And really, as the director of global coaching services and product development for halftime services, 
That's really what you're hoping, is that people will actually listen to the wisdom and the knowledge that you bring with you from the Halftime Institute. Jeff, you know, it's such a privilege to have somebody else from Halftime on the show. You're like the third person we brought on here. We had Dean Uwolny on the show. We had Rhonda on the show. But you're you're kind of the meat and potatoes guy. You're, you're in the trenches each and every day working with, with business people. And I really wanted people to hear your story on how Halftime is making an impact on the lives of Christian business owners and leaders around the globe. Are you prepared to share that today? I'm ready to do my best. All right, so before you do that, though, let's talk about how Christ is making an impact on your life, on you personally. How's he making an impact today? Well, you know, interestingly, I took a um, a, a retreat last week, and, um, you know, this is something that we encourage Halftime Institute um, clients to do frequently, and I try to do it uh, once a quarter. And uh, it, just, it just reinforces to me how critical it is just for my life, for my clarity of thinking, for my posture of heart to just make sure I'm setting aside larger chunks of time as opposed to, you know, 15 minutes in the morning to cram some time into the Bible. Just larger chunks of time to get into the Word and to pray and to journal. And uh, I'm just feeling very centered today. Jim, thanks to that retreat last week. Well, boy, that'd be nice. It, it really isn't it the reality that we could use one of those retreats every other week? Because because the minute you come back from the retreat, all the peace, all that whole be still and know that I am God stuff gets mm-hmm. washed away. The minute you start looking at your emails, you get back in your office and everybody goes, Hey, Mr. Last Week, can you tell me this? Here we go. You know, and you're like, Oh, oh, I, I, I missed it. it. Part of that Romans twelve two you were talking about is you got to break up the patterns, break away from the patterns of the world, not just when you're retreating, but when you get back to to enter into the world under your terms and God's terms, and and be be more effective in how you serve others and how you live your life. Wow. I like that. I like that a lot because that's a struggle. All of us who are, who understand the value of retreat, and my wife and I try to get away quarterly for retreat, whether it's a vacation, but just away from normalcy so we can get refreshed. But I haven't figured out how to come back and not get destroyed by the tornado that was left in the wake. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, one of the things that's helpful for me and that I've we've seen with, with people that enroll at the Halftime Institute is the best way to, to snap out of that crazy, busy lifestyle is to get really, really clear on who you are and what you're passionate about. It, about. And, you know, what, what I often say is if you want to get capacity in your calendar, then get conviction about your calling. Because if you do that, you can then come back and look at your calendar and say, hey, if I'm really truly passionate and focused on and feeling called to do A, B, or C, then why do I have X, Y, and Z on my calendar? And then you can, you can build a strategy to responsibly step away from X, Y, and Z and start to just focus on A, B, and C. But the problem is people aren't, don't have a high degree of conviction about what they should really be focused on, and so they're trying to balance a whole bunch of stuff hoping that one of them is going to do the trick, either in their ministry or just in the heart and how they feel about their lives. And so getting that clarity is is essential, I think, to, well, to getting some calm. 
Well, one of the things we talk about all the time in the show is that, you know, I run into it all the time. Christian business owners, really business owners in general, they they need to read the e-myth, but they really need to decide what is their mission, vision, and core values. And and what are those core values as you interpret them into your decision filters? What is it that you're all about? And, and a lot of business owners never take the time to determine those things. And so they're so busy working in the business, they never, ever work on the business, and they get caught behind that tidal wave because they haven't decided those things that are supposed to be on their calendar. And, and But I will also tell you that to do what you said, it, it, it's yeah. nice if you have people. Yep, it is. It is indeed. But but it's also you know it, it's also important I think to just realize what, you know something that we talk about at halftime is creating margin in your calendar, and so many people will create the space in their calendar to do a, a quarterly or even a monthly strategic planning session. But how many people do you know that do a monthly personal planning session? You know, diligently, really thinking through it, and 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 really paying attention to uh, what they need to focus on and what they need to either get rid of or delegate. And what we find is people people try to do like you know maybe a quick New Year's resolution type of strategy session, um, but they don't put in the consistent, uh, frequent overtime intentional thinking about where am I really going and they hope that a book will help them or they hope that a you know some sort of an assessment will help them or some sort of psychological or skill profiling tool and they're looking for a quick fix and it's really just consistent hard work to be thoughtful about where you're headed consistent hard work to be thoughtful where you're headed that one we mm-hmm. have to write down Andrew we got we got to put that post that on Facebook can, can you say that again one more time so I can write it down well, it just came off the top of my head, so I think that's <laughs> consistent hard work to be thoughtful about where you're headed. And what, what, what we have found over the years at the Halftime Institute is so many people want their lives to change in various ways. And what happens is we've, we've realized over time that you don't just get major epiphanies like you had hoped for. I mean, Moses got a burning bush, but it took him 40 years to get it in the desert and and we find that it's not it's not uh, frequent that you get these blinding insights that you get this huge level of conviction i got to go do something different usually what we find is it's more like a hundred small obedient courageous steps over a consistent and long period of time and and I what what I what I found in my last ten years of coaching men and women through through midlife transition is that they way 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 overestimate the amount of significant life change they can accomplish in one year, but they way 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 underestimate the amount of change and in, in the impact they can make in a decade. And so most people in our microwave oven culture, they want to. They want to get it all figured out in a weekend retreat and have their life change. Well, <laughs> guess what? It's, it's going to be hard work. You may have that weekend retreat, but it may take you six months to start truly making substantive changes, not just kind of surface-type changes. So it's, uh, it's a long journey, and you've got to be serious about wanting to change. If, if your status quo is kind of okay, it's not super, but it's not miserable, then you're probably not going to put up with some of the pain of the change 
to get to where you want to go. Right. It's got and to exceed the pain to change. Has got to under exceed the pain to stay. Bingo. Right. And if you if your if your status quo is uncomfortable but not painful, and you don't have any vision for the future, well, then you'll just kind of swirl right where you are forever. So, um, so, so tell me. Tell, tell me, Jeff, how how did you get connected to halftime? How did you get started there? Because it's you know it, I know the organization's been around for a long time. I know I got the book twelve years ago. How did you get connected personally to halftime? Yeah, you know, similar story to you that happened to me back in two thousand five. Um, you know, I'd spent twenty years as a management consultant working with the Fortune one thousand around executive and leadership development uh, consulting. And I just wasn't enjoying it. I was I was making money and having fun, and we lived out here in Colorado. We moved here. This was a dream come true. But I just thought, why am I not happier? It seems like, you know, from the outside looking in, I'm living the American dream. Why am I not happier? And I started to see some clues in Scripture around joy. And I realized, you know what? I think the, I think the playbook for joy is is different than this American Dream playbook I've been working on. And I was sharing this with a friend of mine while we were fly fishing up in the mountains back in um, in the fall of 2005, and he just said to me, man, you're in halftime. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, halftime, you never read that book? And I said, no. And he gave me the book just like a friend of yours gave you the book. Hmm, that's fantastic. That was a great start. And so God started shifting your paradigm a decade ago, started helping you recognize that you're that. Yeah, I love the joy thing. You're right. Joy doesn't fit in the American dream because joy is brought on through contentment. And the American dream has nothing to do with contentment. It is the opposite of contentment. And, and I think that that's that's a huge part of it. And a lot of times the you know, we, we get fed by the churches that in order for us to feel fulfilled in ministry, we need to leave our workplaces and go and be paid by a church or a mission organization. And that's what I love about halftime is that halftime helps people just recognize that their ministry can be their workplace. In fact, it should be their workplace, but it takes a paradigm shift in your mind in order to recognize that. Yeah, yeah, it could be either. You're right. Their contentment you know, in, in the I think the popular American culture has always been equated to consumerism. And so what becomes so disillusioning to the folks that we help at the Halftime Institute is they've kind of knocked the ball out of the park around consumerism. They've had it all. They've got it all. They're at midlife, and they're scratching their head saying, wait a second, Madison Avenue told me I'd be happier. Why am I not happier with all this stuff? And so they need to they need to shift their paradigm to realize that joy comes from a completely different source. And what's what's interesting is how people who are Christians, who even know the Bible inside and out, are frustrated that they're not experiencing the peace and the joy and the fulfillment that they read in Scripture. And they're like, "What am I missing here? What what is? Am I missing some spiritual secret? Um, because I'm not as happy as it seems like I should be." Well, and they and are so, they are missing that secret. They're missing the secret that their work matters to God, no matter what they're doing, and they haven't been taught that. And that's and that's really what this show is all about. That's what halftime is all about. That the work that we can do really matters. But it's time now for our book highlight segment, as it always is this time of the show. Brought to you. Of course, by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And here's how I summarize it. If you're 35 to 55 and a Christ follower, you need to read this book, Chasing a Life of 
success, the elusive success, it leaves you empty. It leaves you, as Jeff and I were just talking about, joyless, lacking contentment. But pursuing a life of significance in Christ, even if it's in exactly the same workplace, that could be amazing because in your workplace, you can make a difference. Halftime will help take you there. Call the studio line right now, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. Call the studio lines now at 855-265-2929 and let Andrea know how much you appreciate her and how hard she works each and every day as the engineer on this show two or three times every week. Call right now, 855-265-2929. If you've already gotten this book, get another copy, send it to one of your friends, because without friends, neither Jeff or I will be on the air today. Right, Jeff? Jeff's so bad for true. her. That's so very, very true. That's correct. So tell, just go back for the, the audience that's just tuning in right now. We're talking with Jeff Spadafore from the Halftime Institute. Jeff, you had a buddy give you this book, and you read yeah. the book. What was your reaction after you read through the first time? Well, I said, this is my story. <laughs> I, I, I need to figure out what has God really put me on this planet to do, and then have the courage to go do that. And um, so I picked up the phone called the Halftime Institute, um, just to really say thank you to, to Bob Buford. And uh, it turned out that he had started a ministry uh, that actually helps people figure this out. So it was more than just a book. And so I, I went down to the Institute, went through their workshop, worked with a coach, and I popped out on the other side of that experience, realizing that my calling is to help people figure out their calling. So you've been a management coach before, but God kind of shifted the paradigm on how you're coaching managers and leaders. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of that stuff from my first half, God just redeemed and repositioned and and uh, using it for a different purpose. Never wasted a single experience, did he? No, it's so true. How did it make, what kind of an impact did it make on your marriage? Well, you know, it was interesting because a lot of people that, that go through the Halftime Institute um, their spouses and, and I would you know right now about about eighty uh, percent of our clients over the years have have been men about twenty percent are women um, but you know in the last few years it's almost even fifty percent men fifty percent women and in many cases the the spouses are not real excited about the half timer uh, spouse rethinking and really shaking up their life and getting serious about following Jesus. I had sort of the opposite experience with my wife. I, I had never really had joy. I'd had happiness, and it was always directly correlated to the health of my business. And so she was ecstatic when she saw me trying to move off of the Jeff Spatafora agenda and to get on a Jesus agenda. She just knew that was the right way to go. So she was fired up for me to do that, even though, you know, it could, at that point, she didn't know that, but it could cost us something significant. For our kids, they were fairly young. They were, uh, let's see, they were 11, 9, and 7 at the time. Okay, now, what we're talking about today. We're talking today about halftime. Yes, we've talked about the book many, many times, but rarely do you get the perspective from another person whose life has been so radically impacted by the book. And today we have with us Jeff Spatafora, Director of Global Coaching Services and Product Development for Halftime Institute. 
Jeff, your life was so transformed by the book that your buddy gave to you when he said to you, hey, you're going through halftime, that you not only read the book, you bought the company. Well, you didn't buy the company, but you're working full-time for halftime today. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I didn't just jump from the marketplace to working with this nonprofit. I, I eased my way into it. I started by volunteering for a while. Then I renegotiated my contract with my consulting firm, and I kind of went part-time with them, part-time with halftime. But then ultimately, I was just having so much fun seeing, you know, literally front row seats to see the Spirit of God working in men and women's lives. I just said, this is too much fun. Even if it's going to cost me a little bit of money in terms of a paycheck, I'm going to do it. And so I went full-time in 2000, early 2007. Now, after you made that decision, and a lot of times we make decisions like that, we're going, how in the world? You're talking with your wife, honey, how are we going to pay our bills? I'm not quite sure. We'll, we'll tighten here. We'll tighten there. But have you ever really, honestly, missed that paycheck that you used to make? You know, I can really honestly tell you, no, I haven't. Because, for a couple of reasons. One is, I just remember... We could take a 40% pay cut, but shifting over to the Halftime Institute was going to be a 50% pay cut. And I just remember my wife and I sitting there talking about, you know, where's the other 10% going to come from? And we just looked at Matthew 6.33, and it said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. And the other things were what the disciples were talking about in terms of food and clothing and shelter. And we just said, look, you know, at some point in time, I may need to encourage somebody to take a financial risk with God. And how can I look him in the eye and say that if we haven't done it ourselves? And so we did it with not knowing how we're going to bridge the gap. And we've never been short. I mean, we just never have been short. And really one of the biggest things is there are some things we had to get rid of in our life for sure, but it was really we realized we didn't need them and we didn't even want them. And many of them were actually getting in the way. And so I can honestly say, I don't miss those old paychecks. I'm having too much fun doing this. That's cool. Now, before the break, you had meant, I asked you, how, how did this impact your marriage? And, and you talked about how your wife was so excited that you were willing to chase after significance in Christ in your job, as opposed to where you were before. And you were starting to talk about the kids and I had to interrupt you because we were going to the bottom of the half hour. How did it impact your children? How old were they when you made this shift in 2007 how old were they and how has it impacted them these last eight years yeah they were 11 actually they were 10 8 and uh, 6 at the time and so you know they were still pretty young but it was it was clear that that you know when dad jumped on a plane which as a as a corporate consultant you do often when dad jumped on the plane he was going to make money and then as they got older and saw what I was doing, when I jump on a plane now, they're saying, hey, Dad's going off to help somebody. And he's trying to move the, the cause of Christ here on, on earth. And I just, you know, my wife and I have been so grateful for this opportunity with the Halftime Institute to not just talk to our kids about Jesus, but try to live like them and, and just try to model it the best we can. And, and hopefully that gets into their brains around a, a, a different way of living their life, and we'll see where God takes them from there. Those are lessons that they they've been watching, and now so now you got an eighteen year old, sixteen year old, and fourteen year old, or something very very close to that. You got one going into college this year. 
I do. I've got, I've got one daughter in a, in a gap year, another one going to college, um, my son going to college next year. Yeah, so so they're, they've been watching, and because you've lived your life vicariously in front of them, they're living it through you, their, their faith. They've got a chance to apply all the things they've learned in that. That's the kind of lesson that our kids would never learn unless we were willing to live our faith in front of them, which is so very, very powerful. So every day you get to work with business people, and you've got coaches underneath you, I'm sure, that get to work with people that get to see the kind of change in in people's lives that you experienced in your own life and I experienced in my own life. Talk to me about the Global Coaching Services Program that Halftime Institute offers. What, what is it all about? Yeah. Well, so we have, we have a couple of year-long programs that people can go through. Um, and, you know, one's called the Members Program, and you, you alluded to the other program called the Fellows Program. But the core driver in both of those experiences, those year-long experiences at the Institute when somebody roll, enrolls, is a, uh, a one-on-one coaching partnership with a certified halftime coach. So we've got coaches in 32 countries around, uh, not 32, six countries around the world, 32 coaches, um, that support people over time as they process uh, through this journey of what really truly is my calling and then how do I responsibly and intentionally get my life in alignment with that assignment. So coaching is, is really what drives the whole um, Halftime Institute experience. Well, and it's, aren't, now is this coaching service that you're offering, I know that when I explored going into the Halftime Institute, you know, you can go and do the weekend experience and then have a coach follow up with you during the year, or you can go and do the nine-month experience where you're side-to-side with a coach over a nine-month period. Is that part of what these coaches are doing? Yeah, exactly. We, we changed that model, to be honest with you, and I'll tell you why. We used to just do sort of ad hoc coaching. Hey, if you need some coaching, give us a call. But what we found out is that after people went to the workshop and worked with the coaches for a little bit of time, people started to disappear. They, what happens is, is you start out with this mountaintop experience and really all this kind of fun dreaming about what God could do in your life. But then all of a sudden, all that dreaming degenerates into hard work. (laughs) Life, real life. And life attacks you in every direction. Think about it. How many people start out with great intentions and then they stall? And, And we realized it was in that stalling period that we would lose folks. And so what we said was, look, you know, if somebody's got cancer, why are we recommending an aspirin? We know how to attack cancer. Well, guess what? We know how to attack a midlife transition of the significance of going through the halftime journey. So we said, look, it's a year-long program. Take it or leave it. And we, we finally just, in our, in our gut-level instincts, got over that and just said, we know, we've been doing this for 15 years now. Um, let's give people what they, we know they need. And so it's a year-long program. And so you go to the workshop up front. And then you work with a coach for a full year. And when you hit the wall in month five, six, or seven, your coach is there to encourage you, to help you continue brainstorming, to help work with you and your spouse to think through different alternatives and to ultimately get you all the way through it. But I'm thinking, you're talking about hitting the wall in months five, six, seven, eight. I'm thinking about 
Okay, I read that book January of 2004. It is now 11 and a half years. I have hit the wall many times because, as you said earlier, we don't we live in a microwave world, as Buck Jacobs said, but we serve a crockpot God. And so the, this process, for some of us, maybe it's just those that are of us that are just a little more dense or, or strong-willed, or I, I don't know, but the process of really shifting away from just the absolute pursuit of success into a, in a life of submission and pursuit of significance can is, is, a, is a real, like you said, you talked about, you can't imagine how much you can accomplish in a decade, but it really, it, it requires, I mean, it's a discipleship program. When you submit, when, when I got done reading that book, I said, Lord, this is what I want. I want to lead a life of significance. I am done wasting my time pursuing success. At that point in time, I was 37 years old. I said, Lord, I've seen it. I've experienced it. It leaves you empty. It leaves you wanting more. And there's yeah. and just a little bit more, but that never ever satisfies. So as you're as you're coaching these people, do they ever come back to you year three, four, five, six, and seven? I mean, do you ever get that follow up? Well, we do. We do have about thirty percent of the enrollees that decide to do a second year of coaching. Um, and really, there's three reasons for it. One is I, d- I still don't know what my calling is. I'm still working it through, and for there's lots of different reasons why that happens. It could be um, they're early in the spiritual growth curve. You know, if, if you want to get your calling, you need to hear the caller. And so there's a lot of people that's just sort of real pure discipleship. There's other people who might be in the process of selling a complex um, set of assets, and they really haven't had time to get help, to uh, time to dedicate to really hearing the caller. So one reason is I don't know what my calling is. The other is I know my calling, <clears throat> but I, I, I don't have my life in alignment with it yet. And so that's where the coach is really kind of helping a person at more of a, a, a holistic Christian life coach than as a spiritual director. So we kind of shift gears there. Or we have a lot of people who say, I know what my calling is. My life is in alignment with it. And maybe it's still in their business, or maybe they decided to sell their business or quit their job and do something else. But I want to continue to work with my coach to set new goals because I really enjoy the accountability that my coach brings to me. So there's really three reasons why 30% of our of our clients decide to continue with the coaching. So talk to me about some of the incredible results that you have seen as, as a result of people going through the Halftime Institute and then going through the coaching. Talk, Just give me a couple examples, maybe a man and a woman, of remarkable change. Oh, well, I can think of a, I won't use his, uh, I'll use his, I'll use a pseudonym. I, one person I was coaching who was um, an executive at Motorola, and um, he just knew it was time for some sort of a change. And he didn't know if he was supposed to minister in the marketplace or if he was supposed to uh, to leave that and go into a Christian nonprofit or local church. But he went through the whole process. He got exposed to the power of microfinance, if you're familiar with that at all. And, um, and he realized that he could bring a level of, of strategic thinking and operational excellence to Hope International, which is one of the, I think, the most effective Christ-centered microfinance organizations in the world. And he went and opened up all of their Rwanda operations and just it transformed literally thousands of families um, through that change. So that's just one example. Another example <clears throat> is a guy that I was working with that had a big insurance company, and he 
he came to Christ late through the Alpha program. Fantastic and program. I've had I've had the president of Alpha on this show. I love that program. Probably the best evangelism program for the postmodern mind. And um, so he became convinced that what he needed to do was to to most likely sell his business and um, and join the Alpha program or go on staff as an executive director at a large um, mega church that was in his community, but he didn't really know which way to go. So we started coaching him and just working through all the options and just praying through them and just really think about what are you really good at? And then he really, a lot of what we do at halftime is we ask tough questions. And one of the key questions that <clears throat> I asked him was, what's the most leveraged way to pass God's love on to others through you given your giftedness and so he ultimately he called me one morning real early he was in chicago i woke up had this message he said call me as soon as you get up and i said all right so i called him he said i sat upright in bed at 3 a.m the holy spirit woke me up and i realized that i have a ton of clients that i've known for 20 plus years that are most likely have never heard the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, I, I went downstairs, I flipped on my computer, I went through my database of clients, I think I've got about 120 of them. And he said, I don't know how I could in all good conscience turn my back on those people and go preach the gospel of Jesus to the nameless, faceless masses when I've got trusting relationships with these people it, I, I can, I've already earned the right to share the truth with them. And so he ended up selling off a portion of his business, but keeping his most profitable clients and his unbelieving clients, and he just decided he was going to, he was going to, at the right time, introduce all of them to Jesus. And so there's a guy who originally thought he should leave the marketplace, ended up staying. The first guy from Chicago with Motorola uh, he ended up leaving, and both of it, those were their, that was their calling. Well, and that's the kind of story that halftime brings about the real change, the life change that Christ does. Because one of the things that that I have realized in in my years is that as as our lives get more and more impacted by Christ, everything about us is changing. And, and it's fantastic that that Christ can take our desires to go and leave, and because we think we're, we'd be more productive in a ministry, that we would, um, yeah. But yeah, God has got this incredible ministry right in front of us. But to open up our eyes to that ministry, I want to talk to people about how they can get involved. We haven't even talked about the fellows program. So talk about that really quick. Is that like stage two of halftime? Um, no, it's really the same as, as the members program, but it goes a little bit more in depth where as you go through your workshop, it's a little bit of a longer experience that kicks off the journey. Um, it also, the, the fellows work with our most seasoned uh, and experienced coaches um, the people that are in that kickoff workshop with you, they get together for additional time face-to-face over the years. Um, there's also a couples retreat built into the fellows program. And we also have an adjunct faculty made up of people like Rich Stern, CEO of World Vision, Ken and Margie Blanchard from the Blanchard Companies, and folks like that that, uh, that the fellows have access and exposure to. 
So talk to me about specifically, I, I know they can go out to the website, which is very, very easy, halftime.org. But talk yep. specifically about how people can get involved and how they should get involved. I always recommend read the book first. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a fantastic book, and it's a real introduction. But how do they get involved in a Halftime Institute, either a long weekend program or the year-long program? How, how, I mean, I know that the weekend program follows up with year-long coaching. How do they get involved? Yeah, it's you just said it. You know, read the book. Okay, does this sound like me? Number one, is this something that it sounds like the type of transition that my heart is going through right now? Number two, or you could do this first. Go to halftime.org. Read about it. If that's the case, click on contact us. We have. Um, well, I think you had mentioned that Rhonda had been on your show. Once yes, she time. has. Rhonda Kelbeck. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, people can call in and set up a free consultation with Rhonda just to share their story. And Rhonda, I kind of tease her because she's a telepaster. I mean, it's what she does. She just (laughs) lifts people's hearts. And she can tell right off the bat, this is for you or this ain't for you. And um, and have that conversation, and then she can plug you into the right program if you want to enroll either in the members or the fellows program. So it's, it's simple. Well, and what's what's really cool is that you've got these halftime institutes happening all over the country, and I know there's access. You've got halftime for couples, and I know because I, I know last year there was one in Orlando, so right here in Tampa Bay that was somewhere accessible, uh, and they didn't have to travel to Texas in the heat of summer. You've you've got them at different times, but they you know and you know you heard my little deal. Hey, read the book, don't wait for the movie. When are they going to come out with halftime the movie? Yeah, I'm unsure if we're ever going down that path. Well, just tell uh, Dean that we talked about it today on the air and say, Jim wanted to know when we're going to come up with a movie. Because really, if you can get the, the guys, the Sherwood the Sherwood Pictures guys to, to do a movie, yeah. it, it'd be a big picture hit. I mean, it, it could yeah, be big. We'll, we'll cast you as the star. No, no, you will not. Uh, I'll just be the radio guy getting talked about. That's all right. All right, any last words? What, what what's If you could give advice to any Christian business leader or owner listening today, as it relates to how halftime impacted your life, what's that piece of advice you want to give to them? Here's what I would say is I would start with this. Take wherever you are in your current spiritual disciplines and double them. Double them. Pray more. Pray more frequently. Get into the Bible twice as much as you are right now. Focus on the red letters. And then and then just sit back, get quiet, and say, how consistent does my life look relative to these red letters? And let that, let that guide whether or not staying in your current uh, form of work or staying there and doing what you're currently doing is the right thing to do. And use that as, as your gauge for True North. I love that. How consistent is my life when compared with the things you read in the red letters? And of course, Jeff is referring to a red letter edition scripture where all the words of Jesus are highlighted in red. And so for those of you that don't have a red letter edition and never seen one, that's what he's talking about. And it's really cool. It's easy to pick that stuff out. All right. So we've come to the end of another I Work for Him show. And Jeff, I think you're going to enjoy this challenge. I'm challenging a thousand people to join the I Work for Him nation. No, I'm not forming my own country. That's Texas. What I'm talking about is I want a thousand people in Tampa Bay to take the challenge to start looking at their workplaces as a mission field. A thousand people that will say, I will pray for my coworkers and employees each and every day. I will pray for them by name. I will look for ways to pray with them 
when they when I notice that there's something down and out about them and they just look like they need a friend. And at the same time, you're looking on building relationships and ways to serve those coworkers and employees in the workplace and outside the workplace. But all along, being the best and brightest example of an employee in your position, a person who seeks excellence, a person that somebody's going to go, what's wrong with Jim? He always does the right thing. Why is he always working so hard? He's making the rest of us look bad. That's the kind of person you want to be, somebody that's working super hard in the workplace. If you're willing to take that challenge to join the I Work For Him Nation, contact us. Go on our website, iworkforhim.com. Click on Contact Us. And, and Jeff, you can start this in Colorado. You can do it right now. Which city are you in in Colorado? A little town called Evergreen. Evergreen, Colorado. That's where we're going to start the I Work For Him Nation in Evergreen, Colorado today as we get people to sign up as as Jeff posts this on his Facebook page tonight, the link to the show. So, But while you're on the website, look for huge, mongous announcements about I Work For Him and huge changes that are coming up. On July the 20th, go on to our website on iWorkForHim.com or on our Facebook page, iWorkForHim. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.